Welcome to the Naked Relationship Podcast. I'm Adam, and today we've got a very special treat. We are interviewing Brian from the Front Porch Swingers in a two-part interview series just because the interview was a pretty long interview, and we know a lot of our audience, yourself, prefer the shorter episodes. So we split it up into two episodes. So please enjoy this episode. I'm pretty pumped about it. Brian, thank you for coming on the show again. Without further ado, here is part one. All right, so we are here with Brian from the Front Porch Swingers. How you doing, Mr. Brian? I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm still cracking up over what you told me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. That's a, it's, listen, it's a valid question, man. <laughs> I, damn it. Uh, uh, we might have to redo that. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, like I said, it's a valid question. <laughs> do you want to give some context? Yeah, you were just at you were you were making a ridiculous statement about why you know you asking Kelly what it's like to you know to have an ugly husband, uh, yeah. obviously in jest. And I told you, I said I say the same thing to Brenda, like, what is it like to have people think you're hanging out with your grandfather? Yeah. <laughs> I do it to her all the time. I fucking love it, man. I like so for I'm sure most of our listeners have come from your show or at least heard of your show. And so for those of you who haven't, Brian and Brenna are an age gap couple. And a very attractive one, might I add. I appreciate and that. So, I'm the older one. Just, just throw that out there. Like the smartass in me is like trying like <laughs> to refrain from making jokes, and then I'm why like, would I'm you do that? Those. Well, I'm thinking the jokes through, and then I'm like, well, that doesn't sound really nice. But in the back of my <laughs> mind, I know it's like, like satirical. You're but, not gonna hurt uh, my feelings, buddy. Not a, not a chance. Well, anyway, I mean, I don't only expect to hurt your feelings. I mean, I know you're pretty tough skin and pretty awesome. But so this is an interview that I've wanted to have for several weeks. And so, but I didn't want to, because I didn't want you to feel like I was exploiting you in any way, especially when the, when the news first dropped, if you will. Sure. And I also knew like as a, as a friend, I didn't want to like ask all the questions right away because I knew that you would be answering them a million times. And for those of you who don't know, Brian, you have since come out as bisexual and I never in the wildest dreams would I have ever thought that this was a thing because I just never, like, we've never had any conversation to maybe allude to it. Sure. And then um, I think you had asked me a question in the lead up kind of like about bisexuality or, or something along those lines. And then like a couple weeks later, I get a Snapchat from Brenna saying, hey, go listen to our other podcast, which is called Sex on Your Terms. Sex on your terms. I, w I don't know why I was thinking relationship, but it's about relationship. Correct. Because you're a relationship coach, which, and uh, Brenna is a sex therapist or sex coach. Sex coach. And, mm -hmm. and you guys offer services. So you guys can find that at sexonyourterms.com, I believe. That's correct. And, and so Brenna told me to go check out that episode. And I was fucking floored. I had no fucking indication. Like, or I mean, maybe looking back, there could have been some indicators, but like, it, just from your question alone, but I never would have suspected that it blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are probably a little surprised by it, but as you and I were talking earlier before we started recording, you know, I think you, you alluded to, you know, why we don't talk more about it or, or, you know, why it didn't come up before on the show. And much like I said, you know, we don't, we don't talk a lot about Brenna's bisexuality either. It's just not a big deal to us. You know, it's just, it's just part of who we are, you know? Um, so for me, I don't, I don't think it's any different from, from her being bisexual. Well, that's the thing about it is like, we live in, in a world, in a sex positive world that isn't truly sex positive for the majority. Absolutely not. I, I couldn't agree with you more. 
like uh like you were saying in our in our in our before we started recording that um women are almost expected to be bisexual in the swinger community or the ethical non-monogamy not community but world yeah and i i couldn't agree with you more there either because when you go on all these different swinger sites or dating apps or anything like that probably 80 to 90 percent of the females or people who identify as females are bisexual Mm -hmm. probably 99 percent of males or people who identify as male have their profile set as they're straight and that being said, anything outside of that norm is going to be met with some sort of resistance, whether it is like, you know, just people looking down on you or whatever. There's going to be that negative stigma associated with a bisexual or not straight male, which yeah, I think I, is bullshit. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. We had this conversation, as you alluded to, you know, women in, in the space of ethical non-monogamy, let's just call it the swinger-centric space for lack of a better term, are expected to be bisexual. Certainly, it's, it's almost assumed in many, many cases. In fact, I can only think of one particular case where Brennan and I met a couple where the, where the female of that couple, a seemingly normal, you know, heteronormative couple, the, couple, the female was not bisexual. Um, and, but when it comes to men, it's almost not even discussed. I, and I have spoken to a lot of guys who are coupled, you know, uh, they're, they're married to women, and they don't identify on their profiles as bisexual for fear that they're going to turn people off or, you know, people are going to reject them or whatever. And the truth is we didn't do it either uh, in the beginning. I didn't because for the same reason, people instantly will get these strange ideas that because you're a guy who may, you know, enjoy the company of another guy at some point are instantly attracted to them. And that has to be, you know, part of the, of play, which is utterly ridiculous. Well, that kind of goes back to the whole idea of, oh, you're gay which means you automatically find me attractive. Or, hey, you're a lesbian, you automatically find every single female in the world attractive. Yes. No, it doesn't work like that. Just because I'm straight doesn't mean that, well, I'm not straight. But if I was straight, it doesn't mean that I'm attracted to every single person. I right. am, I, I identify as bisexual, but as we'll get into later, that might be expanding. Sure. But just because I'm bisexual doesn't mean that I find every single person in the world attractive. Like, right. a lot of people I don't. So my regular play partner... On the show, we call her Anne. Uh, she is actually straight, as is her husband. But again, it's 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 so fucking rare to find a straight female in the swinger centric space. Oh, I fucking. yeah, I agree. As I said, we've only I think met one gal of a couple who was who was straight, one hundred percent straight. And to be and to be fair, it was an uncomfortable situation for for Brenna particularly when we we because she uh, wanted to play we, with her when we played with that couple. Not even that. I think it was really more than anything. It was the idea that the gal so was was so dismissive of Brenna's presence in the room um, that she paid her no attention at all. Was almost like indifferent to her being there, which was really off putting. I think more than anything. Not that Brenna has to play with every woman that we encounter. It was just kind of more of a. It was just an attitude about the whole idea that she was even there, you know. And, yeah. and while Brenna was with her husband, which was a very strange kind of I thought way to handle it, but. It was it made for a very uncomfortable situation, and and we really kind of exited that that uh, that session pretty quickly because of it. I think I think that I've heard that story on one of your episodes on Front Porch yeah. Swingers, your yeah. main podcast. But it's it's interesting to me that like it's almost like there was some jealousy there on the wife's part, almost like oh you're playing with my husband, like I'm okay with it, but I'm not really okay with it, but. I, yeah, there's a lot going on in situations like that. 
I, I try not to get too far into people's heads. I just know that was an uncomfortable situation for Brenna. She made it very clear in the middle of, of play. And I was enjoying myself because the woman was just a smoke show. And was, I was very attracted to her. She was really very attracted to me, which was nice. Uh, but I very quickly stopped because Brenna made it very clear that it wasn't working for her. If one person is the least uncomfortable, it's time to get up out of yonder, as they yeah. would say over here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do us any good. I mean, we do this because it, it brings us closer together and, and what it really mm -hmm. does to heighten our uh, relationship. And if it's not mutually beneficial, then it's just no good for us. And a lot of people don't understand that it brings you closer together. Like, how could fucking someone who's not your spouse bring you closer together? I mean, it's a fair question for those of who have never experienced anything of the sort. It's a fair question. But it is. if you do it your is. homework, you, you can figure out, like, communication gets a lot better and just so much more. Like, your sex life will get better, not just because you're sleeping with other people and having more sex, but between each other, it'll get better. Right. But so kind of getting back to the theme of this episode a little bit. And part of the reason why I didn't want to, you know, bring you on the show right away, I didn't want you to feel like I was going to exploit you in any way. And the other thing is like, I didn't want you, I figured you're probably answering all the questions a million times. Sure. And I didn't want you to have to feel like you had to with me until, you know, now. Right. That you're asking. So. Right. So would you mind for the million and one time uh, to, to kind of, Maybe give us a story about maybe how you came out or like started to question, you know, like when did you first suspect, I guess, and, you know, all of that. So, you know, for me, it's been a long, it's been a, it's been a period of time, you know, years, not, this isn't a, a couple of weeks or a month. This is, this is years of time that I've had, you know, more time to reflect on, on who I am uh, as a, as a whole person. Um, early in my life, I don't think that the idea really it wasn't really something I was giving any credence to because I lived a very different lifestyle. And because I had, you know, I dated a lot of women, I was very active with women uh, for many, many years. It wasn't even something that, that had occurred to me. And I was, I lived and worked in a very, in a place that was just full of masculine energy in a space that was full of masculine energy. So it never really occurred to me that that might even be something I was interested in, which was, you know, having, you know, spending time in you know the company of a with another man so it, it wasn't really something that had occurred to me until uh, a few years back particularly when Brent and I got together and first met and, and really started talking about what our needs were what our desires were what we were we thought we were lacking in past relationships and really just lacking in sexuality as a whole and that conversation came up. I, actually, I think Brenna asked me if I had those inclinations of you know being bisexual or interested in, in sexes other than or gender identifications other than you know heteronormative women. And the answer was yeah. That it's a something that had occurred to me a number of times. So as we began to grow our relationship and really kind of get into the space of ethical non-monogamy and um, and swinging and you know quote unquote swinging, uh, that became much more front and center for me. So I had the opportunity, frankly, once again, it sounds cliche. I mean, you and I talk about it all the time. You have an amazing relationship, you and Kelly, as, as do myself and Brenna. Um, and I feel terrible for people who don't share what Brenna and I share. Having the right partner and the right circumstance as your relationship is concerned, being able to really just be open with who you are and not afraid of being rejected or judged uh, is, a, is huge, huge. And, and that's it, really it what really made it happen for me. Like. The idea of being able to be your true self, like regardless of judgment, I think is like a very, very empowering thing. 
And honestly, like that, like Kelly knew I was bisexual before we, you know, because we were fuck buddies at first. And so like how, like our stories are different in that area. But I think like, cause I remember like early on, like I was asking Brenna, like how, you know, she felt about you being bisexual. And it was almost like, like her responses were just, you know, empowering towards you. And, right. and and I think it just spoke volumes about the type of relationship and the strength of your relationship and foundation, just because it was like, I love him, like, no matter what. And if he wants to do that, fuck, yeah, go do it. It was just very awesome to see. Well, it's like anything else, right? If you're, if you genuinely, you know, love and admire your partner, whatever they do, whether it's, you know, sexual in nature or it's, you know, occupational, it doesn't matter. If it's something that you do well, you succeed at it, you feel good about it, it makes you feel good uh, about yourself, then certainly your partner who cares about you is not only going to be supportive, but certainly for me, Brenna's proactive. You know, she's always positive about, you know, any of the ideas that I have as it pertains to sexuality, particularly because we're open to just about any and all possibilities. And when I, when I look back on, you know, my life prior to, uh, to us getting into ethical non-monogamy and prior to Brennan and I having a relationship, my life could not be more different. I personally could not be more different. I still harbor some of the same old traits, you know, that whole old dogs thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it would be possible for me to be where I am personally without that relationship. I mean, like, I'm sure you've grown a lot because I mean, you guys started out as you just wanted to be a, like a BDSM type of arrangement. Correct. Like a dub som and or a sub dom. Yes. You were close. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say things backwards all the time, like stuck in fupid and like <laughs> thought cast pots, you know, right. like, but anyway, like you guys started out in that dynamic and then you just kind of realized like really quickly that you just wanted to talk to her and say, Hey, how was your day? Like you wanted it, like you kind yeah. of were growing to be best friends really quickly. Yeah, and it happened that's quick. kind of how Kelly and I started was just fuck buddies, but then I, she never wanted me to leave. But in terms of like, because you said you'd mentioned that you guys started or like early on in your conversations, you she had asked you if you were bisexual, but like, had you had any uh, experiences with a guy at that point? No, not at that point. No, um, it was just something I knew. I had, I knew that it was, it was in me. I had that, that proclivity, but it wasn't anything that I had exercised to that point. Uh, but it was nice to know that I had a partner who was 100% supportive and on board with whatever I thought I needed, you know, from a sexual perspective. And that really just kind of, you know, it changes how you look at everything really, because then you start to question, like, why did I not do this sooner? Like, how did I just, <laughs> you know, how did I find myself in these terrible situations, you know, prior? And, and I take 100% responsibility, 100% of the blame as, it, you know, as it pertains to failed relationships in my past. I am 100% responsible for those things. And at least in my opinion, now I can, I can look back and honestly say that for a number of reasons, not just the fact that I wasn't being honest from a sexual perspective, but, um, you know, it really does open your eyes when you get that right relationship, like the one I have with Brenna. It opens your eyes to just about everything that you did that was just a terrible fucking decision, you know? Like, that was just a bad plan. Why did you continue to do that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Because the other thing is, I I found myself kind of asking, like, what would I do to deserve Kelly? Because this is fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I, you know, I knew I had to, I had to go through a whole lot of, you know, I had to make a lot of mistakes, had to, uh, you know, make some terrible fucking decisions. It took me long enough, but. 
uh, finally it's here. So, you know, good for me, good for us. So your first experience, it obviously came more recently than not, I would imagine, mm-hmm. because you just came out like before the podcast came out, did you, when, I guess maybe like when did you start dating men or going on dates with men and kind of exploring that to kind of maybe figure out? Because I think I also heard in the podcast that you went to like a bisexual themed party or? No, not not exactly. So I was talking with guys for the, probably the past past year, kind of, you know, playing with the idea of, of maybe dating someone new, you know, in, in terms of a, of a man. Um, so I've you know, like anything else, I'm super analytical and I have very different tastes when, as it pertains to, you know, different sexes. And uh, so I didn't really know what I was looking for. I wasn't 100% sure. I was attracted to certain qualities and then not attracted to other qualities, you know, that kind of thing. And I had uh, had the opportunity to meet a gentleman who um, is uh, also a bisexual man. He's a married man also, uh, lives in our town, very, very successful guy. I met him actually through work. Um, and somehow, for whatever reason, and he's very open. He has an open relationship with his partner. He asked me if you know I was bisexual. He just happened to come up in conversation, just two guys talking. We got very comfortable having a conversation, and there was no attraction between the two of us. It wasn't a physical attraction. And he said, "Listen, I'm having a, a birthday party for a friend of mine. Most of the people at this event will be either you know gay, bisexual, transgendered, whatever. You know, it's anything and everything." But he had, they rented a, a place that's uh, really very beautiful in our not too far away from where we live, about 40 minutes out, and asked if I would attend. And I had never been to anything like it before, and certainly didn't know anybody. It was just him and Brenna. Again, is the one that convinced me that I should go. I'm not a party guy anyway. Like I don't. I'm the host of parties. I've done that my entire life. I'm not really the guy that attends parties, you know? So it's difficult for me to <laughs> interact in that capacity. I'm the best host. I'm the worst guest, you know? Um, so I'm just the, wor- the absolute worst guest. Um, Actually, we're not even know. good hosts. We're, we're not even good guests or hosts. I'm a great oh. host. You, you want me to host your event, 100%. You just oh, don't want man. me to attend the goddamn thing. The um, two times Kelly and I hosted a party, like this wasn't like this was before we started swinging. It we shut it down early because Kelly wanted to go to the bar. <laughs> and yeah, then, there you go. Like we're we're also the kind of people that stand in the corner because we have no fucking do like no fucking idea what to do with our hands. Right. Which I think going out my freshman year with the college basketball team that I was attending kind of fucked that over for me because I went out with them one time and they just stood in the corner and then I think that's just like it stuck. No fucking yeah. clue what to do. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't do the guest thing well. But it, Brenna convinced me I should go. She said, "No, no, you absolutely should go and, and you know interact and get to know some of these people." And what I found interesting, the, the main reason I think that I really went was because where we live, it's very closed off. You know, people here are you know it's very underground. The sexuality space is very underground, and unfortunately, even the you know the bisexual and, and gay community here is not as as active as you'd like to to think it would be in what would be presumably a very progressive place. Unfortunately. And these were all people who were very much open and out about who they were. And I just wanted to interact with people like that. That's who I wanted to be around. Um, so I did. I went and it was probably about 30 folks, probably 15%, uh, 50% male, 50% female, very comfortable. Everybody was super friendly, uh, just a really, a really nice event. And I got to meet a number of people that I still communicate with, just, a, just as, you know, as friends, we just communicate. And it's nice to be able to talk to other guys in my situation. They are coupled. They have partners. They are open. They are uh, very clear about who they are from a sexual perspective. And it's just refreshing, you know, having to be or or thinking that you have to be on all the time. You have to be in character all the time or be really guarded about 
you know, how you behave or what you say and that shit gets exhausting. You know, it's just nice to be around people who don't give a shit. And those are the people that whose company that Brent and I seek. Same. Because again, it kind of goes back to the being able to be your true 100% authentic self. You know, those are the types of people that I also find myself wanting to be around more. I mean, even if it's like family, I just told my mom, hey, mom, we have a sex-based podcast because I also have another podcast that's kind of more dead in the water at this point just because- Thanks, Kobe. I, I No, it was more of like, um, I found myself doing all the work with a right. co-host and right. not to say like this co-host, anytime I asked him to do something, he would do it. So it wasn't like he was lazy. It's just, I think I knew how to do more than he did. So therefore sure. I did more than he did. Yeah, no, and, not quite an equal partnership kind of thing. Well, I mean, I asked him to take over the editing because- Honestly, like editing, it got to the point where all I did was I would get up, go to work here in this office. Yeah. I would stay after work in this office after walking the dogs and I would edit podcasts seven days a week and then I'd go to bed and I would just right. do the same thing for seven days a week. And I was like, I got to do something. My work-life balance is off. I have no time for myself, nothing. Yeah. And so I asked him to help out with the editing. He's like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. I'll watch tutorials. I even like bought some stuff to help him. I mean, we're good friends. It's not like this ruined our friendship by any means, but we haven't put in an episode since I asked him to do it and I'm okay with right. it. But anyway, right. like I just told my mom, cause I didn't want to hide anything from her. Right. Cause we have some podcast stuff coming up that, you know, is, is pretty big. And, and yeah. so like, I didn't want to like hide that from her and I wanted to tell her the reason why they were coming up. Yeah, um, because they're big right. events. And so I didn't want to hide that from her. Now, I told her that we have like, it's a sex-based podcast. And the relationship I have with my mom is pretty fucking unique. Like, I'll call her up and I'll be like, what's up, bitch? And she'll be like, what's happening? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's unique. But yeah, like uh, one time she told me she, she found out the hard way, no pun intended, that her gag reflexes still work. That is not a conversation I'm trying to have with my mom. <laughs> it wasn't one that I wanted either. Trust me. But, uh, but my point is, is like, even through that, you know, like I felt like I could still be, you know, more myself with her than my own dad who they're divorced and right. remarried. But even like after I told my mom that I have a sex-based podcast, there was still a long pause. And, but, you know, if I were to tell my dad that he'd be like, son, you need Jesus, you need to go to church, you need to do all <laughs> these other things. And yeah. like Kelly and I are not religious. We don't buy into that stuff. It's not for us. No judgment though, if you are. I know you guys probably aren't, but we are not. Well, it it's just my whole point is like being able to be your true self is like those are the types of people that we want to surround ourselves with because like even though like our like swinger group that we're a part of, we're probably leaning more on like the level of like not wanting to play with any of them. Right. And part of that is because just attraction levels aren't fully there for everyone. And they're all just amazing people. And it's all like essentially, with the exception of like a few, there's no judgment. And no, they all exactly. know I'm bisexual. And it is just, it's just so awesome to be surrounded in that environment. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. This is, you know, the, the situation that I found myself in at this event, at this moment, well, really just a gathering of people, was very comfortable. There was no, there was no pressure of any kind about, whether or not you were or weren't attracted to people in this room. No one cared. No one asked if you were, you were, I suppose. It just never came up. Um, it was just nice to be around people who were comfortable in their own skin and, and comfortable around others in their own skin. It was, it was really, you know, it was refreshing, not like anything I'd ever really experienced before. Which is strange because we're in a space that is open 
and open-minded yeah. and non-judgmental. And I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. You know, I go back and forth with with this. Uh, with Brendan, I go back and forth about it. And me particularly, I struggle with some of it. You know, we're in a a space that should be, for the most part, as much as any space can be, inclusive. You know, uh, and understanding and non-judgmental about about any about a lot of things, anything. And that is rarely the case. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I I liken this space a lot of times to high school. You know, you are either part of the in crowd or you're not. You know. Um, it was, it's really just that way. And it's kind of like when, you know, Brent and I talked a long time ago with the very first event we ever went to. The minute I walked into that room, which was fucking depressing anyway, it was obvious that like you could correlate it back to your high school days. Like the chess club was on one side of the room and the jocks and the cheerleaders were on the other side. And, you know, it, it just was so divisive to me. I, I was so uncomfortable there. Uh, and this space a lot of times makes me feel that way, and it and it's it bothers me. It's depressing, you know. It's like I don't. We've decided that when everything that we have going on, obviously coming up in twenty one, as you know, we are simply not going to entertain folks that are negative or in any way judgmental or have a just an outlook that isn't in alignment with ours. If you're not positive and you don't want to move forward in a in this space productively and really make a difference, I just you know we're not going to fuck with you. You know, well, that's I'm the not. thing is like so much of society is like they're open minded to a, like everyone is open minded to a point, right? Until until something affects them, or until they feel like they've been wronged in some way, or so, or or frankly, if someone doesn't agree with them, or they don't agree with something, right? It, it, it's well, well, that's it, the thing bullshit. is like in the sexual like sphere, sphere, whatever. Where does that? I don't understand how you're okay with me liking feet. Okay, cool. You're okay with me wanting to be tied up a little bit. Okay, cool. You're okay with me being pegged? Uh, maybe not so much. Oh, okay. I like dick. No, get the fuck out. That is not okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I just, right. Where, how does that line get drawn? Like, I don't get it. We were talking earlier, you and Clint, Brenna's play partner of probably a year, or a little bit longer. Oh, two and a half years now. Yeah, two years. Right. But like you guys DP'd Bre Brenna and your balls are fucking clinging together. Most guys oh, yeah. would be like, fuck no, don't even touch me. Like, no male male contact, please. You know how many yeah, times if you, I've if seen you have that a problem with that? If you have a problem touching fucking, you know, I mean, he and I, our legs were rubbing together. And I mean, if you have a problem with that, then you're simply not going to be fucking a, a woman together. You're, you're not. You're not going to be, you know, double teaming a woman or, you know, DPing a woman. You're just going to have to figure something else out. You know, if, if, you're, if that's a hang up for you, you're in the wrong fucking space. I agree. Like, you're going to tell me you're not going to kiss your wife after she sucks someone else's dick and she's like trying to make love to you? No, you're going to fucking do it. But you're not okay with like someone accidentally touching your shoulder in a like yeah, this, yeah innocuously touching. So, get the fuck out of here. I have no conversation for that. I mean, it's so I, weird I don't know me. how you could go to a swinger party and not see a cock. I, I don't I, get it. I don't either. Yeah. Well, first of all, I come from a sports background, athletics my entire life. I spent a lot of time in fucking locker rooms and on wrestling mats and in, you know, martial arts studios and jujitsu class. And you're rolling around with dudes. I've rolled around with guys most of my fucking life, you know? So the idea that, uh, you know, innocuously touching some guy while you're both banging your, your significant other is a fucking problem. I find a little bit ridiculous. And this is, and like that kind of leads to, you know, how like on the football field or the baseball field, like, it's not uncommon for a coach or a teammate to smack your ass, like saying, hey, good job there, 42. Yeah. That's okay, but me touching you on the shoulder accidentally during- Well, because we're naked, right? Sex. It's different because we're naked and, you know, and there's somebody else in the room, I guess. 
You know? Man, my freshman fucking year of high school, I saw I saw a couple of teammates in the shower. There were no stalls in the in the team showers. Right. And I saw one teammate like lift up another guy's penis, like almost like in an inspection type of way. And like they all like grossed out by it. I mean, I probably wouldn't have t- I mean the guy like was kind of gross, it, not looking, but like mannerisms and right. uh, how he carried himself. But then, you know, little couple of lockers down from mine the third string quarterback was just sitting there chilling naked yeah yeah i don't understand how one is okay but in a different situation it's not okay it's almost like saying you can be yourself but just not in other scenarios like i just well it's that it's that whole thing you know be yourself just don't be yourself around me kind of bullshit you yeah, know? as long as it doesn't affect me yeah yeah it's yeah it's crazy i don't i don't get it and and it's one of the things about the the, again, I'm, I'll, I'll use air quotes, the swinger-centric space, not even the ethically non-monogamous space so much, but the swinger-centric space. It's such an issue for people when it comes to male sexuality. Like Everyone just has hang-ups about it. I honestly don't get it. I think a lot of it has to do with confusion. A lot of people are confused themselves. Um, I just read an article. I'll share it with you. I, I'll be lying to tell you the author. Uh, scientific research shows now that they're saying essentially 60% of people are inherently bisexual by nature. Over wow. 60%, which frankly, I think might even be low. I don't know. Um, but I just think it's so strange. Going back to ancient times, the Romans and the Greeks, like it was not uncommon for male male play back during those times. Like that's, sure. I think that might be like kind of widely known a little bit. 100%. But it's natural. I mean, there is a G spot in my booty hole, like, and yours too. Well, and- yeah. I mean, you know, Roman orgies were a thing for a reason. You know, you're not going <laughs> to, you know, there was a whole lot of touching going on. Good luck trying yeah. to figure out whose hand is where. I mean, I think for me, like, it just boils down, like the whole thing is like, I just enjoy sex and I don't necessarily, yeah. I mean, I care to a point like who it's with, you know, I'm not going to go fuck just anyone, you know, there has to be like a level of attraction and like guidelines have, or like things have to be met, like, you know, not right. being a family member yeah, and among one. a lot of other things, you know recent std check anyway but i'm attracted to a lot of different people but more importantly i just enjoy sex like i enjoy being around it and i think that's why i enjoy having this podcast so much is just because i love being in that environment whether i'm participating in in some way or not it doesn't matter i just enjoy it because i feel like i'm myself because i'm a very sexually oriented person like that's just who i am and that kind of like it's just it's freeing you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, again, it's just being able to be yourself around people who understand and are not judgmental of who you are because they themselves behave the same way. They're comfortable in their own skin and, and kind of do their own thing. I've just decided that we are simply not going to be around people who don't get it. it it's it, it's exhausting, really, for me to to try to get someone over to my way of thinking. I used to think for a long time that I had to convince people that their way of thinking was absolutely insane because you didn't align with the way I thought, particularly as it pertains to sex and sexuality and gender identification, all those things. And I am just done doing that. Like, I'm not going to try to, if you don't want to understand where I'm coming from, if you genuinely have an interest and I want to talk to you about it, if you don't have an interest or you feel like this is, you know, this conversation just isn't for you, then, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to burn the calories trying to figure it out. So we kind of talked a little bit about this before the recording, but what types of individuals are you attracted to? Because for me, I'm more attracted to the more feminine type of individual in terms of right. looks. But I will say the the individuals that try too hard to be something they're not, and by that I mean like the f- the very obvious fake tan or like right. spray tan or something like that. Right. I, I, I don't like those. And that's what I mean by they try too hard to be something they're not. 
Sure. I just, I'm not into that, but what types of individuals are you attracted to, not attracted to? It's interesting. I, you know, maybe years ago, some people that know me best would have said that I had a particular type, obviously as it pertained to, to women. I don't think that's the case anymore. I have, I've decided, I've determined about myself that the experience is really far more important than the, the appearance, someone's appearance, outward appearance. Of course, there has to be a general attraction. I think that's pretty, pretty natural for people. But what I have found, at least as I've gotten older and as, as Brent and I have kind of begin or continued, I should say, the journey that we're on, it's become very evident to me that chemistry is far more important. Someone's energy is far more important to me and, and they become more attractive to me as I begin to connect with them and really enjoy their company. I don't know that I have a particular type. I am more attracted as it pertains to to men, let's say, you know, I'm not necessarily attracted to super feminine people in general. Uh, I, I like a little bit more of a, of a harder edge, a little more masculine energy, I guess you might say. So age appropriate, really, for me, I'm attracted more of drop older, I guess. So really nothing physical. There really isn't a physical thing. I'm fortunate, as I, you and I mentioned earlier, I am seeing someone who is super attractive. It's almost hard to believe, actually, that he has any interest in me at all, but um, that was not by design. He's just a super, just amazing person, really. Just enjoy his company. You know, we'll have a couple, we'll meet for coffee just, you know, more often than anything else and just sit and bullshit. You know, it's very comfortable. I can relate to that because for me, if you can be the most attractive person in the world, but if you have a shit personality, I'm not into you. So like, I can totally relate to you on that one. Yeah. yeah I, I have no use for that at all. If you're, yeah, people who just rub me the wrong way, I, it does, I, I go right past what you look like. I simply don't care. It, it yeah. doesn't matter. You know, and, and a lot of that, again, listen, a lot of it has to do with me with personal growth. I will absolutely tell you that in years past, I was totally judgmental of people for various reasons. I was superficial like anybody else. I was super, only attracted to the physical and didn't really care too much about anything else. Those things change. And again, I will credit my relationship with Brenna to those things because they, you know, this relationship has made me think of things and look at things differently. You know, certainly more empathetic toward people and, and situations than I've ever been before. And it, it just kind of, you know, it opens your eyes a little bit. It certainly did to me. So uh, my, you know, optically things have changed for me drastically when I think about other people and how I want to interact with them or w with whom I want to interact. So you've got a regular play partner. You've got a few, it seems like, which is, yeah, you know, probably this time last year, we wouldn't have thought of that happening because I think no. early on, probably for the last while, it's mostly been Brenna that's been playing and yeah. or at least by herself. Yeah. And we just talked about that yesterday, actually. I think we actually even, even touched on it on the show on the new episode. You know, again, a year ago, if you'd have told me that we were going to end up being kind of a poly couple and we were going to venture off in that space or that I would have a regular playmate of, uh, you know, in any way, shape or form, I simply wouldn't have believed it because I just didn't see myself being able to do that uh, at that particular time. Now, of course, things changed. I mean, 100%. We are very much accepting of the fact that we have the ability and the capacity to be uh, polyamorous and have multiple partners and relationships and true relationships, really spending time with other people and dating and doing all those things. And we've been very fortunate, uh, really our entire journey uh, of ethical non-monogamy that we have had the ability to spend time with regular play partners and who have become friends, genuine friends that we honestly are, they're the people and the, and the things we're going to miss most of when we leave, not being able to spend time with them and see them regularly for no other reason, as I said, to, to meet for a cup of coffee or for lunch or a drink, you know, out or, or of course, you know, no, no more concerts at this point, but we would meet friends out for concerts and live music and that kind of thing. So 
I think that's the part we're going to miss the most. And ironically, they're the people that we have connected with on a, you know, at the beginning, certainly a sexual, for sexual reasons. And they've just become great friends. But we've been very fortunate. I mean, those people who, those of you who listen to our show know we have a lot of the same characters who we talk about on our show because we see them often. And we like the idea that we have formed those relationships. Not that we're against the one off kind of concept, but it's certainly, it's not our preference for sure. You know, we really genuinely enjoy the connection. You know, it, it, for, for us, it's the most important thing. I think that's one thing where kind of like reminds me of why I like Front Porch Swingers and, and Brian and Brenna, you guys behind it, because I feel like I can relate to you guys on so many levels. Like what you're saying right there about how you, the sex is a great cherry on top. Don't get me wrong. But the friendships that you make from it, like th- they're unexpected, but it is very much the preference. And, 100%. And it's kind of crazy how, you know, banging someone else's spouse can also like make you guys friends. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, like I was talking to a friend of mine today and I have, uh, you know, I have friends that are, uh, that have been my friends for the better part of 30 years. We worked together and essentially grew up as adults together. And while um, I spoke to a friend of mine today and while he, of course, understands who I am now and where I am. And I, and I, I it was important to me uh, a while back to make clear to the people that mattered the most to me, letting them know who I was now compared, you know, who it was that you knew you know, many years ago. And I really wanted their genuine reaction. And of course, because we live so far away, there's virtually no way to do it face to face. So being able to read them while you're talking to them on the phone and, you know, and Skyping and that kind of thing, I was genuinely surprised, you know, in a good way that I was accepted by by the people that matter most to me, you know, based on what Brent and I are doing. And of course, completely changing our lives. And of course, we have a sexuality-based podcast and where my sexuality is and Brenna's sexuality all those things where our relationship is. And it was nice to be able to to get, I don't want to say, you know, the approval from friends, but certainly the understanding and and compassion and, you know, the genuine they don't give a shit about, you know, any of that just as long as you're happy kind of thing. It was really kind of nice. However, there are certainly things I will talk about with our lifestyle friends that I wouldn't necessarily talk to my lifelong friends about. They're very vanilla. It's not a, a situation where any of them find themselves in ethical ethically non-monogamous, you know, situation, certainly. So it would I, I really wouldn't do it because I wouldn't want to make them uncomfortable. And there's no there's no point. You know, it's not like they're gonna have a frame of reference or really understand where I'm coming from. So uh, having conversations about that would wouldn't make any sense. So it's kind of nice to have those lifestyle friends who understand you, you know, people who are like minded in that way. And you can just speak openly and cogently and and you know, very clearly about what it is that's on your mind. Yeah. And those friends are Again, the ones that you can really be your true self with. I mean, I don't want to go out and say like they're going to be your better friends, but it definitely makes it easier to be yourself. And whether that's, you know, getting advice from them or just, you know, sharing a meme that your vanilla friends would never understand. Yeah. Or not one in their inbox. (laughs) You know, right. Exactly. Whether it's like a vanilla sex meme or if it's like a a swinger meme or or whatever, it doesn't matter. The fact is, is like, I mean, it kind of comes down to know your audience, right? But at yeah. the same time, the people that you find yourself gravitating towards, sharing everything that you want to share with, it's just, it's just a powerful relationship that's there for you. Well, I look at it this way, and I actually said this to Brenna today, because I, as I said, I spoke to a friend of mine who's been my friend for many, many years, and, and uh, we're going to see him on our, our journey as we start traveling. And I, I said to her, I said, you know, how he and I met and came to become friends uh, through work was a, a a very strange kind of connection anyway. The people that knew us never expected us to be friends. They actually expected us to beat each other's throats. 
Um, and we have become lifelong friends. He's, he's one of the closest people uh, to me in, in life. However, today, as I, as I am the person I am today, for me to tell you that if I had met him today, that we would become lifelong friends, I would tell you I probably wouldn't, that wouldn't be the case because we have such, so little in common as it pertains to where I am now as a person. However, we have shared so much over the course of such a long period of time, shared a lot, been through a lot, seen a lot together. You know, you can, you can, I could never discount those things. And, and, and this is a person that, you know, I could call for anything. You know, if I had a flat tire here in Montana, he'd come from Texas to help me change it. So yeah, listen, you have to have people like that in your life, right? I mean, you got to, if you got to move a body, you know, I know he's going to show up with a shovel. I could just call him and tell him to bring a shovel. He won't even ask me why. So those are the kind of people that, that are really, that matter the most to me. And I have a few of those in my life. However, the lifestyle friends, you know, the people you meet because of your, you know, your, your life and ethical non-monogamy or whatever the case may be, they're different, right? You can confide differently in them and you can feel a level of comfort in talking to them and sharing things with them and knowing that you're not, you're not being met with judgment. There's no disdain for what you're saying. They're not going to question you in any way. They're just going to accept what it is that you're saying be understanding and, and potentially helpful, which is, you know, which is just great, you know? And at the same time, you don't have to, for me, I don't want to, I look at it like I don't want to burden my vanilla friends with any of this bullshit. You know what I mean? That's not where our friendship is and it doesn't have to be. And I just don't want to put them in awkward situations. So I don't know if you're alluding to it or not, but you brought it up in my mind and that is kind of just because they are your swinger friends and, or your sex positive friends and you can confine them in a lot of things that you can with your vanilla friends. Just because you can do that with them doesn't necessarily mean if you need to move a body that they will be there. Right. But if you need to talk about the swinger things, they'll be there for you when your vanilla right. friends or whatever no, may not necessarily be able to help you out there. So it's almost like exactly. you've got to use, this is going to sound really bad, but you got to use your friends for what they're there for, like their purpose in your life. You have to be able to use them for that purpose, right? Yeah, I think for me, it would be a, a little bit more like you have to appreciate them for who they are and where they are sure. and, and how you honestly benefit each other and, and make each other's lives better. You know, For my friends that, as I said, I've had for the, <laughs> the largest portion of my life who are lifelong friends of mine, there are things, of course, that I, will, I have shared with them that I will never be able to share with anyone else uh, and, and experiences. And you know, that just it lends itself to a deeper understanding of each other and, and, and a compassion for each other, obviously, and certainly an appreciation. However, that appreciation is different with your, you know, with your lifestyle friends, you know, your sex positive friends. And while your while my long lifelong friends would be understanding potentially and listen to what I had to say if I were talking to them about a situation that I felt strongly about from a sexual perspective, I don't know that they could lend me any real advice or, or really understand fully. I felt like it would just be exercise talking to them about it. So why not speak to people who genuinely get it, who may very likely have gone through it themselves and have a, a unique, you know, kind of outlook on it and be able to lend something to that conversation. I think my lifelong friends would simply be lending an ear and allowing me to vent probably. I think that you're 112% right on the mark right there. You know, you've got to kind of like pick and choose like who you tell what because you can still be yourself around your friends that know that you're open and all these other things, but they're not. But, you know, they don't necessarily need to hear. So I was going down on this guy the other day and I just don't think he was appreciating it or whatever. <laughs> right. Whereas like with your lifestyle friends or 
whatever, you know, you'd be able to say, oh, yeah, so I was going down on this guy, and, like, I was stroking his shaft, and I was cupping the balls, and I, you know, and, and, but I just don't think he was appreciating it, guys. What do you think maybe I could do, like, it's, it's just two different worlds you're living in, I guess, but. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll liken it to this. So, one of my friends, who, again, has been my friend for so many years, I don't even, I really don't even know how many at this point. He's a, he's a religious guy. He comes from a very religious background. He's, he's devout in his, in his belief. He doesn't preach to me. We don't have religious conversations. He knows where I stand uh, from a religious perspective. So we simply don't have those conversations. And I, so I don't need to have a conversation with him about ethical non-monogamy or sex positivity. You know, he has a very vanilla life. He is a monogamous guy. N- no reason to go down that road with him, you know, M- any more than there is for him to to talk to me about his religious uh, belief. So that's going to do it for this week's episode and part one of the two-part interview. Next week's episode will be the second part of the interview and it will be out on Friday. In the meantime, you can go to fullswapshop.com where you can buy our merch and Brian and Brenna's merch from Front Port Swingers. Check them out. They are an amazing podcast. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And also don't forget to join our community on altplayground.net They are an amazing company and we love working with them. So check that out as well. You get, I believe it's three days for $3.99 or something along those lines. And uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at TNR Podcasts. That is plural. And so yeah, thank you so much and be on the lookout for next week's episode.